0: to the bigfoot society podcast join me your host jeremiah byron as i uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work we love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect check out our website www.bigfootsocietypodcast.com it's our base for all things social media blogs episodes everything else, Bigfoot Society. Follow Bigfoot Society on Instagram to keep up to date with the community daily. If you'd like to support us and help us keep the lights on for the cost of less than a cup of coffee per month, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society, where for $5 a month, you'll get early access to the podcast before anyone else and exclusive access to our weekly Patreon-only Bigfoot Society After Dark podcast. It's where the week's guest stays on after everyone else leaves and shares their favorite creepy or cryptid story with me and you, the listener, as we're sitting around the campfire at our creepy cryptid summer camp. So head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Society to also see all the shout out, Zoom hangout, merch discounts, and more that you'll have access to as an official Bigfoot Society card carrying member for only $5 a month. A little bit of This American Life and a little bit of In Search Of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, put your phone in your pocket, and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. In today's episode, I get to interview Cliff Berkman from the show uh, Finding Bigfoot and the North American Bigfoot Center in Boring, Oregon uh i still can't believe i was able to interview cliff thanks again for coming on uh it's such an awesome interview and we talked about things uh that uh, were pretty incredible so i think you're really gonna love this interview so uh yeah let's get right into interview with cliff berkman from the north american bigfoot center all right, well, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have the immense uh, privilege of having Cliff Berkman, uh oh yeah, Cliff, totally, on the podcast. It's all been coming up to uh, to Cliff. Uh, he's one of my main goals to have on the podcast, so thank you so much for coming on, Cliff. It means a lot. Um, for If you don't know, which you should know, but Cliff has been on things such as uh, Finding Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot Road Trip, uh, Bigfoot and Beyond podcast, which is amazing. Uh, and also he, uh, uh, well, I guess you could say he heads up the North American Bigfoot center, um, part of the team there. So, um, Cliff, uh, anything else you'd like to, uh, fill in the blanks with there for introducing I'm just, yourself?
1: Uh, I'm just a Bigfoot nerd, man. I, yeah, I have some long, yep. longevity under my belt <laughs> and I'm just doing the Bigfoot thing. That's all I got, you know, that's I'm, my I'm,
0: favorite. One of my favorite quotes of yours is, uh, you, you, Bigfoot nerd. And, uh, I love that. It's very cool. I know who I am, you know, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I know who I'm not, which is probably even more important. Totally. Yeah, that's true. Um, Let's start uh, right off. the. Let's start. Let's just we'll rip the bandaid off and uh, get it out there. Um, So it's going to be all over the place. Um, I know you do a lot of interviews that have to do with Bigfoot, right? So there are going to be some Bigfoot questions, but there's also going to be some questions that maybe we've never gotten to go into you um, that I've heard recorded before. Cause that's kind of what I do on this podcast is get the actual story of the person. I think that's very important, you know, cause Cliff, you're more than just Bigfoot, I think. So. I think so that. too. Many yeah. people don't, but <laughs> I, 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 agree with right. that.
1: Bigfoot is but, one facet of my life, a, a large exactly. facet. I agree, but nonetheless, there's so much more to me than just this Bigfoot thing. Totally. Totally. Very few people care. So,
0: um, well, let, let's get started though with a, a question from, uh, the Patreon. Which And this is from Josh. So, and uh, this is, do you feel that uh, mitochondrial DNA plays a part in how Sasquatch is classified?
1: Well, sure. I think any DNA, mitochondrial or uh, nuclear, I I don't think it matters which. I think that the Mm -hmm. further we can delve into that, the better. Um, I'm an advocate of science. I always have been. I'm not a scientist. Um, some people think I am. I'm not. I'm just a nerd. Um, I, uh, professionally, I was an elementary school teacher. I taught fifth mm-hmm. grade. So I'm kind of a, a jack of all trades, master of none, which plays really well into the Bigfoot thing. Because to be a Bigfooter, you kind of have to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Um, to be a very effective Bigfooter, you have to know about ecology and what other animals are out there and tracking and seasonality of, like, uh, uh, food resources. And you have to know some hiking and, like, camping skills, maybe even some survival skills. You have to know about human evolution. A lot of people don't like that, but it's true. You have to know about human evolution and a, um, mm. and a paleoanthropology to be an effective Bigfooter. You just do because that's the realm we're delving into. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, mitochondrial DNA is part of it. It's only a small part of it. And so much has been mm. misrepresented in that realm before that I that I, I think too much emphasis is put on it, honestly. Interesting. I, I, yeah. Because even if you got, even if, honestly, even if you got a good solid flesh or blood sample of a Sasquatch and you ran the whole genome, well, that'll tell you about a little bit about the animal, but that doesn't tell you very much. About mm. the animal. And I think that's okay. something that a lot of people overlook. It's
0: like, like you can that. take
1: my DNA, you know, right. like take my blood and get my, like get, well, you take my hair, and get mitochondrial DNA. You take my blood, sure. and get uh, nuclear DNA. But what does that tell you about Cliff? Mm. You know, you said earlier, like, 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 yeah. you know, like, okay, Cliff, people associate with Bigfoot, but you're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with Bigfoot is Bigfoot also. You know, oh, you can good. we can take a we can find out who's you know the DNA of the 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 matriarchal line. You know, as far mm-hmm. back as you want to go, we can even get some other DNA and learn about the other side too. But what does that really tell you about how they live and how they think and do, and what mm. they feel and how they persist? What does that really tell you? Not much. And so, is it important? Sure. Will it tell us uh, something about their evolution? Absolutely will it tell us how to see one? No. Will it tell us what one's doing right now? How one avoided the fires down in, you know, the Clackamas River? No. Like uh, it it won't tell us very much. And I think that while it is important, it's interesting. It's cool. Gotta love science. (laughs) Does it only gives a little tiny sliver of the picture. So
0: very cool. Thank you. Um, also, so the second part of his question is, so, and I, I think, you know, where you, I know where you're going to take this, but uh, we'll, we'll go for it. So, uh, Austral oh, sorry, I'm not a big word Australopithecus? Yeah, Yeah. How'd you know? Uh, or, uh, homo. you said Austral and there's not a whole lot of yeah. words to Australia. Australia? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that or, or Homo, or how would you classify I guess is what the question.
1: Oh well, see, we don't know enough. You know, we just sure. don't know yep. enough. Our, yep. I, I personally favor the uh, the Paranthropus line. Exactly. Um, yep. Now, uh, Paranthropus is a lot, is one of the two main segments of the Australopithecines. Mm-hmm. Um, Australopithecus is a genus that existed four to two million years ago, or a little actually less than that a million years ago. Um, and uh, they are what we think one branch of that family, one branch of that genus eventually led to us. Um, but the Australopithecines had two main branches, um, uh, grassile form and grassile is an English word, of course, that means thinner and, you know, more slender, et cetera. And a more robust, thick sort of guy, you know, and those were <laughs> so different in so many ways that they actually gave them a different uh, genus name, Paranthropus even though they are Australopithecines, you know? Um, Hmm. I, but uh, the robust Australopithecines, the paranthropocenes, I think they're called, um, are basically Bigfoots. They're basically Bigfoots in every single way, except Hmm. their size. They're four to five feet tall, super robust. Like a five-footer of those guys probably weighs 250 pounds or something. They're really, really thick animals. Um, So if you had one of those that happened to live in the appropriate environment, a colder environment, in other words, because mm-hmm. co- and animals that live in colder regions get larger over time through generations. It's called, it's something called Bergman's rule, like Candace Bergman. She didn't make right, up yeah, that yeah. rule, but you know, yeah, Bergman's is Murphy, rule. Is that
0: Murphy Brown? No, I don't think
1: so. <laughs> yeah. Although we do have a Sasquatch named Murphy in the same building I'm in. Oh, you see the Brown footage, of course, oh, oh, oh. too. What an amazing so, yeah, connection. Yeah, there's actually two brown footages, both thermal, which is confusing. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, it, over time, the Ber- Bergman's rule would take over and make these paranthropists larger. I believe, mm. if they, especially if they went northward out of Africa. Um, into the Himalayas and further north into Siberia before crossing the land bridge. So, I personally favor the um, Paranthropus hypothesis, which was, of course, I didn't make it up. Mind sure. you, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. Um, and uh, the guy, the first person to publish that was uh, Gordon Strassenberg who passed away in 2019, unfortunately. I'm kind of Mm. trying my best to get hold of his family, but it's kind of a slow go. But anyway, I I would love to see some of his notes and if they have any research materials that still exist and maybe, Mm. you know, do my best to preserve them with the museum here. That'd be very Um, cool. Yeah, so anyway, I think, I suspect that these things are Paranthropus, which is a type of Australopithecine. Um, Now, which led to the genus Homo. Um, so let's, let's, let's make a, let's take another few steps back and, um, let's call them, um, hominins, not hominid, hominin, Mm -hmm. hominid with a D at the end is a group that means human beings and the African apes. That's our family group. Those are our cousins. We're right there in them because we are an ape essentially at the end of the day. Now, we're a special ape. We're kind of weird. We do some stuff that other ones don't. That doesn't mean we're not biologically in their family, right? But hominin, with an N at the end, is a special term. That means any human ancestor or offshoot of that line along the way. That Hmm. is a hominin. So Neanderthals, even though we aren't directly related from Neanderthals, they're hominins because they're offshoots of our line. Australopithecines. Are hominins, so Sasquatches? I suspect. I don't know. Are hominins? They, now, maybe they are Gigantopithecines. I don't know. Maybe they are more closely related to Gigantopithecus, but we know so very little about those. It's hard to say, man. It's yeah. really hard to say. And there's some physical differences that make me a little concerned. You know, um, for example, we now know through proteonic studies. Um, This is past year, 2020, I believe these studies were published by studying the proteins um, that we have from Gigantopithecus. uh, We know that they are in the line of orangutans. Okay. And we've always thought that anyway, Mm. based on the tooth structure, we've always thought that they were somewhere in the line between Shiva Pithecus. Now it's spelled S-I-V-A, but in in the Sanskrit, it's pronounced more of an S-H. So it's a Shiva Pithecus down to orangutans. Now, Pithecus doesn't have a brow ridge. Orangutans don't have a brow ridge. Mm. So now, it's of course possible that Gigantopithecus developed a brow ridge because Sasquatches are more or less uniformly described as having somewhat of a brow ridge.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, and I've talked to Meldrum about this too. He goes, well, it could have arose, arisen separately. You know, maybe it mm-hmm. did, but we don't know. And that's my problem. We just don't know. Exactly. But we do know a fair amount about Paranthropus. And they had a brow ridge. They had a sagittal crest. They had zygomatic arches, which you can clearly see on the Patterson-Gimlin film. These arches right here, kind of behind yep, the yep, eyes, yep. they're they're used for um, anchoring the uh, the chewing muscles on. You know, everything about the Patterson-Gimlin film screams Paranthropus to
0: hmm. me.
1: So I'm inclined to go that way. Okay, I'm a little Very long-winded. Cool. I apologize about. No, that. no, I I, to- <laughs> I like
0: it. I I, I was like. I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna ask him this question. It's gonna be all right. Let's go for it. You know. But yeah, I was. Yeah, how, many more, how many more How many more minutes do yeah. we have? <laughs> now, so. <laughs> um. So thank you. That was that was good answering that question. I also before it slips my mind, I want to say, um, uh, the museum memberships for the North American Bigfoot Center, absolutely amazing. Um, I am a member of it. Oh, thank uh, you. Got in as soon as I could. And if anyone's listening to this and they haven't, uh, gone and checked that out. Uh, you need to right now because I'm not going to say what's in it because you probably don't want me to. I
1: don't care. It's a surpri- Okay,
0: want. it's an amazing, uh, it was a surprise to know the videos that were in there. Uh, if you like finding Bigfoot, um, it's like the production value on it is amazing. And just to feel like you're out there with you and Connor was so cool. And I appreciated that. And to get the behind the scenes of how you had to save, um, the different things in the museum and, you know, you evacuated and then uh, it's just is it really cool. And then to get like a behind the scenes of like, here's some new um, exhibits in the museum. I was like, man, this is what I wanted. This is more than what I thought I was going to get. So definitely, you know, check it out, guys, if you haven't already. It's, I appreciate that. And my goal with that me quick.
1: Uh, You know, I'm lucky enough to have Connor Anderson, who's a legitimate bigfooter in his own right, and he's a filmmaker on top of it. And he's Mm. he's Mm -hmm. eager and he's hardworking. He's everything I would ever want in a um a partner in all this. Now, don't get me. Melissa's my partner. Don't get me wrong. Like she and I own the museum. Like we work together and stuff. But she's not a bigfooter. At the end of the day, she doesn't want to be a bigfooter. She's likes the subject, but she's got her own thing. She's busy making heads on spikes and severed arms and things like that for movies. And she's good at it too. She's oh, she's at it. horrifyingly yeah. good. Like I jump every. <laughs> right now, there's a a monster in our window because it's Halloween and this is her time <laughs> right. of year. It's like yeah. it's like it's like her birthday all month long, even though she mm-hmm. wasn't born in October. Yeah. Um, yeah, and mind you, I live on a dead end road. There's okay. only two houses past me, um, out oh, in yeah. the woods. But she doesn't care. She decorates the house anyway. You know, there, there's a coffin in my garden out front. There's a dead clown with a knife in it and an arm coming out of his face. Like on the trees outside, there's, there's a monster in the window. And every time I walk down the hallway, I like, like it scares me every single time I go down. Um, I wonder what the
0: neighbors think. Like, (laughs) <laughs> oh the crazy bigfoot guy has killer clowns in his windows again
1: i we went to our neighbor's house for um for dinner um yeah. he, he built a wine cellar so uh we oh, went over nice. there to celebrate and um so he invited us over for dinner on um, october 3rd and the 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 female of the family the the, the mm-hmm. woman i don't want to say their names or anything like that but yeah right, right. um she goes she looked at melissa it's october 3rd where are your decorations <laughs> and melissa they're coming out and i just put them out before we came here so nice but anyway, Connor, I'm super lucky to have Connor. Connor is a legit a cool filmmaker and um it's in he's a legit bigfooter too, which is even more important. Cuz I can't hire some, you know, high school kid to help no. me in the museum. This is kind of a specialized thing. I need a certain assortment of skills that you just you can't readily find in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Connor has those. And I've been very, very blessed that he's stumbled into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal is to create the highest quality Bigfoot content available anywhere online in the video and written formats. And, and that's my goal. Hats off to you. Hats off yeah, to you. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, We've barely begun. Give wow, us man. a year or two or three. Um, I, we're going to we're going to blow your socks off if if yeah. I have anything to do with it, that because so cool. we, we get fresh reports in the museum here about once a month on mm-hmm. average. Um, and you saw the stuff on Zigzag Mountain. i probably so I think good. that's up there. Um, there was the, there was a f- report in the first, second week of September over by Barton. I don't know if that's on the Patreon yet or not. Um, but that's Not coming yet. out real, real soon. Oh, oh man, it's coming out real wait. soon. All right. And then like cool. the net, literally, the, the, it's amazing. We're going to try to talk. Uh, here's a little thing for your uh, your listenership too. Okay. Somebody saw a Sasquatch over um, um, outside of, well, outside of Barton, basically, off Baker's Ferry Road on the Clackamas River. Okay. First, second week of September. I'd have to check my notes. I can't remember things like that. I only have so much RAM. Right. Um, that was on a Thursday. They saw this thing at 4.30 in the morning. The next weekend, turns out my, my good friend and author, Tom Powell lives mm. just a mile or two from that place. Oh. Um, he and uh, his next door neighbor, unbeknownst to him at the time, heard strange noises from the swamp outside Ooh. their house. Uh, that's uh, the weekend following the sighting. And their neighbor looked outside the window one of those nights in like a four or five in the morning. If I have my story right, I'm going to get the Tom. I, I'm not sure I do. Mm-hmm. Saw a very large man standing in their at their apple orchard. Whoa. Now, the next morning when they inspected, they thought it was weird because they have deer fencing around their apple orchard. Apparently, there was a very large hole in the deer fence, just been forced through the deer Whoa. fence. And this is like three or four days after the sighting. And then, hmm. of course, the fire erupted and burnt the entire area. So <sighs> no, we don't know what's yeah. up with that. But still, in- interesting correlation of strange occurrences out there by Barton. So
0: that That's a really cool story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, how in an alternate? Imagine this: an alternate universe in Cliff never decides to get involved with Bigfoot. What is Cliff doing in well, this I'm, alternate universe?
1: Realistically, I'm probably teaching. Yep. Um, teaching elementary school because that's what I was doing before, but um, and not very, you know, n- another very reasonable alternate universe. Um, because I was kind of teaching to have summers off to go bigfooting, so I mean, I, I, oh, don't get me wrong, I was a okay. good teacher. I didn't like, ah. I didn't half-ass it, man. Um, my students loved me. I loved them. Um, we, mm-hmm. I put in the time. I was working ten to twelve-hour days, just like every other wow, teacher does. Yeah, yeah, sure. For practically no money, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was, I was good at it. I think, and my students remember will always remember me, etc. Um. I I did them right, I believe. But I think that uh, a slightly different alternate universe, I would probably be over at the local restaurant playing jazz tunes from six to nine or something every night, and um, barely paying my bills.
0: Awesome. Uh, That actually leads into uh, what I was going to add, ask you next. So uh, if, if I've researched correctly, uh, you have a degree in jazz guitar from uh, California State University, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. a BA in music, um, okay. with an emphasis cool. in jazz guitar. I took lessons from a guy named Ron Eshte, who's okay. a phenomenal player. If you're any guitar players out there, Ron Eshtay, E S C H E T E, phenomenal player, the best mm. I've ever listened to. He took lessons from Joe Pass, so oh, like wow. there, there's a lineage okay. there that it should be honored.
0: So awesome, awesome. Um, the other uh question from the Patreon is uh, so Greg asks, uh, I am like yourself, a musician and i was wondering which artists have uh, most influenced you in pursuing music when you were you know over well, the
1: years there's yeah. been so many i mean yeah. uh, obviously ron ashdale's been a huge influence larger than i could ever say because i took weekly lessons from him for years um but if you go back further it's like to my roots of music i guess um it's kind of all over the place honestly Um, and it continues to be inspired by various folks today. Like uh, back in my earlier, like teenage years and all that sort of stuff. Um, I listened to a lot of two pop bands in the eighties, Adam and the ants. And, uh, sparks. Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, Adam and the ants are really interesting because they do, they, they, they use a lot of West African rhythms and stuff. They had two drummers and, uh, But yet at the end of the day, they're kind of this weird sort of uh – well, new romantic is the term for it, but like they kind of play upon the cowboys and Native Americans mm. and pirates, like the new romantic stuff, you know, like, okay. like yeah, yeah. just like a, a, an over an overarching art history, you know, you have the, the the classical period, then you move in the romantic period, then the modern period, and the romantic period is about like feelings and emotion and storytelling, and that's what *Adam and the Ants* mm. really was to me. Um, but Sparks, Sparks is this really obscure band from the from the Southern California that started playing in the late 60s and they're still making music today. Oh, they're wow. two brothers. Yeah, they're really unusual, weird guys. And I re- like uh, during the 80s they were doing synth pop, but during the 70s they were like a, a, nice. this e- eclectic prog rock sort of weirdo stage thing, you know, not like guar hmm. or something like that, but like this <laughs> the <this> stage <laughs> yeah, presence, right? you know?
0: Oh yeah. Um
1: but looking back then um oingo boingo was oh, was kind of the kind of the the thing for me for a long time. In fact, about my brother works at Disneyland, right? So he has a lot of okay. friends in the in the Disney sort of uh, walk or whatever it's called. And there's a blue cafe down there, like this yeah. this place where bands play or whatever. And uh, my brother um, knows the manager, so he got a couple tickets for. Um, not Oingo Boingo because Danny Elfman doesn't play live anymore because he has hearing issues. He doesn't want to lose oh, his hearing. Okay. Um, but the the other, sur, the other surviving members of Oingo Boingo, they all do the Boingo songs. They have a phenomenal singer. I don't know his name, but uh, my brother said, Oh, you should come see like, I think they called them themselves the mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, because that was actually <laughs> the original name of Oingo Boingo. Oh, was um, it really? Yeah. Yeah. Danny, oh, Elfman's, cool. bro- Danny cool. Elfman's brother made this really obscure art film called like I think it's called the Forbidden Zone. Um, I don't know what year, but it had to be like maybe seventy-nine or eighty or something like that. Okay. And e- even like even the guy, um, the 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 the, um, the little person from Fantasy Island, you know, the plane, the plane. Oh yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. was oh, in it. Uh, yeah, he's dead now. But like yeah, yeah, tattoo was okay, his, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, uh, and they needed, and since his, Danny Elfman's brother made the film, he turned to Danny Elfman for the music because he was a musician, right? Mm. And they, they, he just threw this band together, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. And that was the genesis of Oingo Boingo. And I think they planned her that or something like that. But anyway, yeah. uh, my brother took me to this gig at the Blue Cafe. And, and since my brother knows the manager or whatever, we had this like, I wasn't like front, it's not front row. I was off to the side over by the exit. And who comes walking out the, the door right next to me is Steve Bartek, the guitar player for Wango Boingo. Oh, and like, wow. oh, my God. I was like, oh, I started oh like tearing goodness. up.
0: and freaked go, out? Yeah. Oh, and he's like, like oh.
1: standing there. Oh, I, I totally <laughs> fanboyed the guy, you know. And I went up there and oh, go, man. hey, Mr. Bartek, I want to let you know that, hey, my name's Cliff. Um, and I, I got this show on Animal Planet, you ever, and he had seen it. Luckily, so I wasn't just some, I was okay, just some weird okay. fanboy. Yeah, Don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong, yeah. you know. But I, I'll, I'll pull out the celebrity if I can. Exactly, and I said, "Dude, yeah. I said you, dude, you have no idea the effect you've had on me." He goes "Oh, really? Do you like to play guitar?" I said, "Dude, I majored in guitar, and a lot of the reason mm. I did is because of you." And said, "Oh, really?" And so we had I had a nice conversation with them, and it's just one of those little, you know, tidbits in my life That's that I awesome. always look back. That's on.
0: really cool. But, Do you still, oh, go ahead. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh,
1: I was just going to say, I've like, other stuff, I I really like Depeche Mode. You know, I think oh, their song yeah, yeah. So, is, yep, yep. songwriting ability is really amazing. Um, the more, uh, Grateful Dead turned out to be a very huge influence on me because they have yeah, the, the jazz sort of improvisational yep. skills and the listening ability. A lot of people think that playing guitar or playing music, <clears> probably, playing music, is about chops this is about how what, how you can shred you know or um like how good of a player you are and it really isn't um the, the, what i find you know I'll, i turned 50 in a month right so like from okay. my experience playing Congrats. music well, yeah I've, I've survived so far right yeah, exactly. um, from my experience playing music the best musicians aren't the ones who can play the best or the ones who can listen the best
0: mm.
1: you know and wow. um, and Grateful Dead and jazz and uh, jazz players and stuff like that—they are the ones that exemplify that skill. You know, like Jerry Garcia, the, he's a great guitar player, but he would be half the guitar player if he didn't listen to what the other instruments mm-hmm. are doing.
0: Interesting.
1: And, um, yeah, which yeah. kind of shows. I think that's a greater lesson in life for mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. We're given two ears and one mouth, and they should be used in proportion. I love it. I love it. As, as I blab on and on and on during this <laughs> podcast
0: and I don't give you a chance to say anything. <laughs> um, do you still play? Do you play guitar currently then or?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. In fact, Connor, my uh, Connor Anderson, he's a musician in his own right. He was over at the house the other night. Oh, really? He we some music. Yeah.
0: Oh, what's he playing?
1: All sorts of stuff. He's a pretty good. Okay. He's, a, he's a really good drummer. Yeah. And he, he has, you know, skills on other instruments as well. Like he uh, in Colorado, where he just moved from, I guess he worked at a music shop. And so uh, he kind of dabbled in all sorts of instruments.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a uh, specific kind of guitar that you like that you play? Like a Not favorite, really. I mean, or... no. my instrument happens
1: to be a guy, uh, well, a guy named Jimmy Foster made it. Jimmy's since passed away, but it's a custom seven-string jazz guitar. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a, it's a hollow body sort of jazz box sort of thing. Um, I don't really have a cool electric guitar. I, I'd like to get one that I really fell in fall in love with and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just don't have one. Um, mostly because I can't afford to go playing around with a bunch of guitars and buying them and stuff, you know, but um, I do have a one really nice jazz guitar that I I love to play. So.
0: That is cool. That is cool. Um, On, so on your website, uh, cliffbarrickman.com, right? Mm -hmm. I got that Yeah, Everyone go to that website. Um, You have a section where it's your recordings, which is, is really cool. I think Um, do you still, these recordings they're from a while back, right? Have you, haven't recorded anything in a while, but you have songs of yours. Yeah. Oh, that my you music. Yeah, sorry, okay. your music. Yeah. Sorry. Musics. Yeah. Okay. Music.
1: Actually my music, I do have a music website. Almost nobody knows about it. Cause again, nobody cares about what Cliff does. Except for now. <laughs> I've even, I've, I've even, when I post other stuff, they say stick to Bigfoot cliff. And they say, okay. Well, up yours anonymous person. I don't care. Oh, um, yeah, you know, get him. yeah. Well, I mean, who? Are, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let other people tell me who to be. You know, like no, if I did that, I wouldn't, be a, I wouldn't be a Bigfooter to begin with.
0: Exactly. You yep. know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I don't totally. care what other people, it's none of my business what people think of me. And I wish they'd keep it to themselves,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Um,
1: yep. No, you're, if my music website is Clifford Barrickman.
0: Ah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: And yep. Hey, there's free, free music, you know? It, it's totally free. And, and feel free to use anything you want for your show too. If you go there, it's a pay what you want sort of structure. Um, mm-hmm. it says 99 cents because it seems to me that a song is worth a buck but if you don't think so put zero down download it and try to enjoy it my music can be challenging though it's not exactly easy
0: so yeah i was i was checking it out and that's like, not even the it's, hard it's stuff. cool it really it's, oh, it that's, gets, it's quirky
1: okay. and peculiar i i, I know <laughs> so i'm
0: listening through it um what's the story behind weird wagon there's got to be a story oh. behind weird wagon if, weird guys wagon. you got to go listen to this song listen to everything but weird wagon is good man it's fun
1: well you can tell that i'm i'm heavily influenced by primus in a lot yes, of ways yes
0: i was i was like man it sounds like yeah totally primus yeah
1: yeah you know weird wagon um it, sorry i'm at the museum apparently someone's calling it's 642 and then, anyway i'm not going to answer <laughs> it unless i can get it on air do you want me to pick it up and see what happens i don't care what you want to do i yeah, don't if care either, you wanna, so.
0: if you want to do it go ahead
1: yeah, I don't care, whatever, so much right, trouble. Fine. Okay, um but anyway, yeah, Weird <laughs> Wagon is a tune that I wrote I, I, I way back in the day a friend of mine her name was Lily. Um like we were kind of in a uh, we were not arguing but it was like a little awkward and she mm-hmm. goes like what are we going to write on the weird wagon? I went, "Oh my god, that's oh, something." And then I, so and good. I said, "What a beautiful sentence that is." And then so the all the lyrics are about um Fun, fun language, essentially, because
0: mm-hmm. the
1: only because language um, creates reality in a very peculiar way, mm. and most people don't realize that. Um, most people go through their day and saying, "Oh, it's Monday. I hate Mondays." And suddenly, the reality is, you hate Mondays, and that's just a rule in your life. Oh,
0: that's so you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah, but but yeah, yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. most people don't appreciate the role that language plays in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the only people who seem to appreciate it are the ones that shouldn't be trusted with that knowledge. And I mean, politicians and lawyers essentially are, are they're, they're the ones who understand that rule more than anybody else. We reality seems to me to be rather malleable. You can shape it the way you want. And the way you shape it is by the, using the tools of words. And so weird wagon is kind of about that. In a way, it's not really about anything because, like, uh, it, the opening line says it: "The taste of paper is running through my veins." You know, and mm. that's because, like, w- w- you read books and whatever else, and and then and, and then that's that's it. That's what creates a person is their own definition of themselves. And then, of course, yeah. I sang a thing that arang- I sang a thing that rang of orangutan boomerangs. <laughs> yeah, rather <laughs> meaningless, like, right? Fun, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, and that's the point, you know. Um, and that's what weird wagon is really about. And it's also based on the whole tone scale, which if you listen to my music for very long, you're going to realize that I I rely heavily upon the whole whole tone scale.
0: Okay. So yeah. Okay. So there's a, a little bit in there's stuff in there. If you're really into music theory, you're saying that you're going to pick up on stuff that'll just be like, you're big. Whoa, that's pretty cool.
1: I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. you if you have ears yeah. to hear, um, okay. you will hear some interesting things in there some because' um, I'm, I'm very in, being a jazz player, well, I, I'm not, see I'm not even a, I'm not that good of a jazz player. Jazz is freaking hard, man. Um, I, I, I can struggle yeah. along. I can hold my own. I'm not a good I'm not a great player or even a really good player by any means. but I understand the theory because mm. I, I, that's why I study jazz. If you can play jazz or if you can wrap your head around jazz, Mm-hmm. The rest of it, everything else is easy, you know. And that's kind of the, what I did, you know. And so I take my jazz theory and the jazz harmony, um, which is thinking of music vertically, like how notes interact and relate to one another, and I okay. apply that towards a more pop, weird, quirky, esoteric sort of structure.
0: Wow, that's cool. Can you tell me about um, uh, you're involved with a band called Larry in 1995? Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Larry. That was one there's, of the um, second band, I think. There's yeah.
0: not, there's no information. About, I can't find any information about Which Larry is a band. shame. So, and, so, so the, I the need to know it. Great. Like, yeah. Can, can you tell me a little bit about it or?
1: Yeah. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned it because the drummer for Larry is coming up and visiting on Sunday. So he's going to be oh, at my wow. house on Sunday. Very but Larry, cool. um, Larry's just, a first of all, an excellent name for a band.
0: It it's an excellent great. name in general. Yeah.
1: We actually named yeah. it after a friend of ours. But um, uh, a lot of the people who played in Larry went on to far bigger and better things in music than I, than I will ever really. Name. Yeah, oh, um, the uh, first and foremost amongst them is Monique Powell. Monique Powell, is, uh, she was our singer, and she mm-hmm. later went on to become the singer of a very famous ska band in the 90s called Save Ferris.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I know Save Ferris. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Save mm-hmm. Ferris. Yep, yep. and like their,
1: I guess their big hit was that cover, Come On Eileen, the 80s cover. Yep, totally um, good. They, yeah. they had some other big tunes as well. I'm afraid I don't know. I'm not really in the 90s scene so much. But, um, yeah, she's a very good friend of mine to this day. Um, oh, she wow. was, they played uh, Portland a couple of years ago, and Melissa and I went out and hung out with her and okay. you know all that sort of stuff. Went up for drinks afterwards shut shut down a bar we haven't done that in you know,
0: a long time <laughs> nice dude in yeah portland, so uh nice.
1: oh yeah in portland yeah bar of the gods um right but yeah so uh monique powell's the big one and she, actually there's a couple of tunes if, if they're not up there yet they will be soon um uh, that she, monique sang on some tunes for me because i'm not a singer you know which is very obvious by listening to me sing but um but monique is and she's just wonderful ex- ridiculously talented woman um, mm. So yeah, Save Ferris is a band with overpowered talent um, playing ska, which ska is a good genre, etc. but it's, it's uh, Monique is so much, she's operatically trained, for example. Oh,
0: really?
1: Um, okay. Yeah, so there's her, uh, my, uh, one of my best friends, I, all these people are my best friends in life, actually, so it's kind of a shame to say, but um, Bob Easton, Bobby Easton, um, he is currently the head of a music school. Um, that was put together by Flea and Norwood. Flea from the Dreadhog Hot. Flea Chili
0: from Fruppers. Back to the Future too.
1: No, Flea. Well, I don't know. Is he in? Fashion? Well, yeah, oh, he no, is. Okay, that's okay. right.
0: I will. I will geek out right. So it's from. Flea is, is needles in Back there to the you Future go. too? Yeah, who there races Marty? But you're yeah. right, Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But so <laughs> Bobby um, is, he heads a school for Flea. He knows, you know, in Norwood from Fishbone, another great band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Bob is a great guitar player in his own right. He has his own band called Delta Nove, um, hmm. which is he, very heavy parliament funkadelic sort of funk with a Brazilian samba bent if you can imagine such a thing it's phenomenal music so there's bob and um another oh ed campworth another great friend of mine um who is currently playing in the long beach dub all-stars uh one of the spin-off bands of sublime um uh, vic zahn another great player who plays in a band called slippers and then there's tim bender um who uh, is one of my best friends of course he'll be up on sunday he was in a band that got pretty big i guess um i never heard of him but i'm not really cool so that's not surprising um (laughs) called uh, death by stereo um sounds vaguely
0: familiar yeah they they had some radio play and stuff all these
1: people went on to bigger and better things than i did i suppose um although i beat all them in bigfoot so,
0: <laughs> so you got to, you were, you used to hang out with flea from no, no, years. I've never met Phil. Bobby, Bob knows. Flea Oh, sorry. I, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My back to the future brain kicked in. And when that happens, like that's, that's my thing. But anyways, I get it. Okay. I'm I get back it. with, I'm back with you. um That is an awesome. Are there recordings of Larry out there to listen to or? Well, you know really? what I
1: did? I took the music that we played in Larry and I put it on the cliffordberrickman.com. The songs oh, that I wrote God. personally. Okay. Uh, because Ed wrote about half the songs and, you know, everybody, everybody participated in, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, the songs on there, like chameleon hair, for example, that's another Larry song. Um Weird wagon is a Larry song. And there's some other stuff that, I mean, I could probably put it up cause the, you know, Ed wouldn't care if I put his song up or whatever, but I don't want to make right. money on Ed's music. No, um, sure. yeah, That's yeah, his job. Sense. Not mine. Yep.
0: Yep. No. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that story. That's cool to have that info behind it. Um, what albums have you been listening to lately? Have you been jamming out to anything? Or
1: Oh, gosh. Um, lately... Not so much, actually, lately. Music's been, uh, there's a, I'm not, I've been paying close enough attention to music lately. Mm, Um, I've mm. been kind of going back, like when I'm in the garage and I have to make some footprint casts or something for the shop here or something, um, I I tend to turn on like uh, some live dead or something like, like without a net is probably one of my favorite albums from the Grateful Dead, for example. Um, And trying to dabble back into some Miles Davis stuff, like someday my prince will come or, you know, albums like that. Um, and a little bit of primus too. I'm trying to re go like pork soda. So I love cool. pork yeah, soda. Yeah, yeah. It's one of their best albums ever. So,
0: so you a vinyl guy or like, how do you, nah, how do usually sure. listen to you just, whatever you can get, whatever's uh,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. Whatever's up there. You know, I, I don't okay. care. Vi- I'm not an audiophile of that level by any means. So
0: nice. You, you kind of just, uh, answer this, but, uh, so why, why in your, why are you, uh, you're, obviously a big grateful dead fan you can tell that by your twitter because like every once in a while it kind of slips through um oh yeah like i don't try to hide that it has the, no no not at all but yeah, if you're like, a Deadhead, um, you can watch
1: finding bigfoot and know that i'm a i'm a dead that's fan. true
0: because you hide stuff in there right like yeah i,
1: I drop yeah. lyrics in the microphone. exactly dialogue. yep yeah. yep yep it's so funny
0: <laughs> um what so what why are you such a big fan of the the dead then
1: I don't know. I guess it just yeah. came upon me at the right time, you know, okay. I like a, I first saw the dead in L.A. at the at the um, Coliseum, I think, maybe mm, 89 man. or 90. And I said, oh, like, wow. whoa, this is a scene. This is insane. And, oh, you know, the man. weirder, the better, man. Yeah, I can. I have a very high tolerance for weird. You know, in fact, I love it. After a certain point, it gets a little scary or something but i i I have a very high tolerance for weird and strange things and novelty so um sure so yeah between 89 or whenever i first saw the guys in uh in 95 when jerry died i think i saw like 28 shows or something or you know and uh yeah i would go like three or four nights in a row if i could and um you know it's just a phenomenal band i don't think there's there are other bands that are do something similar. Of course, the whole jam band thing came out of that. Right. I and mean, I'm not a big jam yep, yep. band guy. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, I just respect excellent musicianship. You know, excellent, spontaneous musicianship. Because uh, there's a lot of bands you can go hear. And I can't tell you one, for example. But if you go and the guitar solo is the same every night he plays it. Hmm. Um, but you can hear The Grateful Dead for f- three or four nights in a row. First of all, they won't repeat a song. And right. then, second of all, every time you hear that, whatever they're playing is brand new and unusual and different than the it's last crazy. time they played it. Yeah.
0: Wow. So um, let's say uh, you've got people that haven't listened to the Dead before. What are your like? Uh, what's the, the top albums to to check out if you're gonna try yeah, See, that's try the to thing. Their, their albums hard, kind of right?
1: their albums suck is a problem. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're I mean, I, I don't like them. I mean, they sound very dry and contrived. Mm. And the older stuff, like American Beauty, for example, is a good one because it's more their yeah. folksy time. But even then, they changed their songs so much. If I were uh, just trying to baptize myself into the dead right now, I would go to some of their live stuff, you know, Dosing at the Nick or uh, Without a Net, okay. like their live albums, because okay. it was their live shows that they really shone you know, shown through the mist, I guess. Because sure. um, like when they start a song and they end a song in like a jam session that slowly changes keys and morphs a dif- in a different tempo and suddenly it's a new song and they mm. never stop playing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that,
1: that takes serious musician skills and listening skills and- Totally. You know, see albums, I'd steer clear of those unless they're a live album, so.
0: Cool, cool. Um, I've heard you mention- in other places that you have a, um, you almost, you either have said that you're almost an astronomer or you you have a very high powered telescope. Is that true?
1: Oh, I've got like a nice, I've got like a night, a nice eight inch uh, Mead smith cassegrain telescope. Um, I, I did start the track to be an astronomy-physics major. Until oh, wow. uh, until Calculus 2 just kicked my ass. And I said, I don't want to do that for a living.
0: I've, that's yeah. what I heard. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, what is cal- Calculus 2? I don't want that as a part of my regular everyday life.
0: Mm. Yeah. So when you look up into the skies with this telescope, what what are you looking for?
1: Something I haven't seen before or, or yeah. something, you know, something new, I guess. Novelty, essentially. Um, like right now, if you look out to the West, a little bit out, the moon rises, you know, but Mars mm-hmm. is up. Okay. Exactly. Well, yeah, so if you want to check out Mars, and you can see this through uh, fairly low-powered binoculars as well, um, what are the polar caps doing? Because they're different today than they were three months ago. You know, like you, you can yeah. see these things. You can see these things. You know, and I think that stuff is cool. Every time you look at Jupiter, the cloud formations are different. You know, the the red spots in a different location. Sometimes oh, it's bigger, that, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's smaller. You know, the hmm. um, for Saturn, it's it's the tilt of the the tilt of the rings. You know, you can see these things. It's really neat.
0: That is yeah. cool. You could probably see a lot of cool stuff because you guys are, you're you're pretty far out there where you're at in the boring area, right? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know,
1: I grew up in yeah. Long Beach, California, and I was looking at these things through the telescope then, too.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, you can do it. There's no excuse. As long as it's clear, you can go outside and find stuff that's really amazing to look at and just rejoice in the beauty of the universe that surrounds us.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's, just take a few minutes out, just go outside, look up, and you'll be surprised what you see. You may see a ufo who knows but
1: oh yeah yeah sure i've seen a yeah. couple of those too oddly enough yeah. oh you have really yeah just twice just twice yeah twice nice yeah Eighth, yeah I, I don't know what they or? were um one oh, was something. in oregon yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah one was That's in cool. humboldt actually uh the oh, day yeah. after my nice. first big bigfoot encounter um i was in town in eureka and i went out to the car i, I my, my wife at the time different Melissa's my second wife right but my wife at the time um although i don't think we we're married then well, maybe we were i don't remember no, we must've been. And, um, and, uh, I went out to the car to get our stuff and she went into the, the hotel room because we're, we've been bigfooting for a week or so at Bluff Creek. So we okay. went into town one night before we drove back and, um, I went out and I happened to look up and it was a clear starry sky. And I saw a shooting star, what I, you know, cause I'm experienced with the sky and I, I know what I was looking at, but it changed directions in mid flight. It went psh, psh, like that. Whoa. And they don't do that. No. And that's like, whoa, what, what is that? That is <laughs> unidenti- yeah, unidentified. Yeah. Unidentified, check, flying, yep. check, object. Well, yeah. Um, and then the second time I saw one was a year ago this past July from mm. the property I live on now outside of Sandy, Oregon. Mm. And uh, Tom Powell was over, and we're having a, a campfire, oh, drinking man. a few beers outside. And um, have you ever seen the International Space Station cruise by?
0: I, I have not.
1: Nope. Well, it looks like a really bright satellite. Okay, and that's what I thought it was. I said, "Oh, look, there's the International Space Station, and it's like going mm. in a straight line, like all satellites do. And at one point, it slowed down, Uh-oh. and then it changed directions and started heading north, oh, as opposed to the the man. eastward direction it was traveling. It's like, well, I don't oh. know what that is either.
0: Yeah. You know, so
1: yeah, Whoa, UFO boy. again, unidentified. Check flying. Yep. Check right.
0: That's so. crazy. Uh, when so let's say uh, the question I want to ask you is when you're out in the field and you come across uh, like a, a footprint or a stick structure or something like you've been looking for it all day, uh, and then you finally see the thing that that like you're looking at. It's Bigfoot related. What are you experiencing inside? What feelings kind of kind of come up inside? Are you are you pumped, excited? Like what usually happens?
1: Well, you almost never find footprints. Hmm. Very very rare. Okay. Stick structures. I'm not sold on yet. I, I'm one of these ah, skeptics okay. about that. I Interesting. I don't, there's n- never once, to my knowledge, been a-, a direct correlation between Bigfoots and stick structures. Um, sure. People who are okay. into them say, whatever made this had to have hands, you know, and it's like, well, that's not good enough for me yet. And it okay. shouldn't be good enough for most people, in my opinion. All right. And I get hate mail about this. I'm
0: all sure capital- you do because everyone yeah, yeah, brings yeah, yeah. it up.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I get all capital letter, like, like cuss word laden hate mail. Really? About my people opinion on sticks. Cuss
0: you out in letters?
1: Uh-huh capital letters cliff no like yeah i know terrible people hate me um do that yeah i know well yeah but when i run across something that's like oh my god i think that might be a footprint it's it's pretty amazing but then i then my left brain takes over and says well okay what am i going to do about it oh you know because stories aren't good enough and i say that all the time people tell me stories every day literally um and if i'm going to practice what i preach i gotta Mm. do better you know so what am i going to do about it is the question
0: so Mm. It would, um, this is me thinking out loud. It would be really cool if there's a, uh, is there a tutorial you, you bring people to, to watch on how to do uh, track castings? No, Look that's part YouTube? of the Patreon thing that we Yeah. Have I, I years, was so. going to say like, if, yeah. if you, if that would be in there, that would be awesome. I would totally do that with my kid. That'd yeah, be fun no, times I, I, I got to do it. So, <laughs> um, when you opened the uh, North American Bigfoot center, did you feel like you were more like on the top of them? Like you reached the top of a mountain or that you were about to embark on something like a, a grand adventure, like, you know.
1: No, it's like I'm about ready to climb a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. Cause I didn't have <laughs> enough money for it. I certainly didn't have enough oh, time. Yeah. Bills were coming in and, um, yeah, had a big, had a big task in front of me. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's,
1: it's been a struggle since day one and worth it. And I've, and I, I tell you, I can't, I don't think I could have chosen a worse year to open a business. But um, at the end of the day, True. if I can survive this year, I can
0: thrive in any other then yeah exactly if you can survive 2020 you can do anything so that's my feeling that is yeah. cool so yeah um listeners uh cliff is not making bazillions of dollars from this north american <laughs> big set, bigfoot center if you like what he's doing um, and I also think it's cool. Uh, you said it, we wanted to make it the best fifth grade science experiment for Bigfoot. You've mentioned that. Right. Before. Right. Um, but yeah. if you like what Cliff is doing, like, come on, like at least six dollars a month. It's not a big like I'm going well, to come in the PBS shop if you can this thing, you know, like. Yeah. And so I'm in Iowa. So the chances of me getting out um, there are kind of slimmer. So this is how I'm supporting. But eventually I want to get out there, you know, check. That's out why
1: we the started morning. the Patreon yep. thing. Totally, yeah, that's totally. why we started the Patreon, is that we realize our business model is kind of flawed in a way because we have to get people in the door. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we can bring the museum to them, then maybe we can expand ourselves a little bit.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, anything uh, cool coming up on the horizon for uh, Bigfoot and Beyond?
1: Uh, Bigfoot and Beyond. Well, we're, there's a couple of guests we're trying to get. I mean, we just had Doug Highcheck on. He's been the best. That, that I, was one of my the best so far. Episode, he's a good, good guest. I'll so tell you. Good. Yeah, he's really great. Um, we have a new Halloween shirts coming out. I mean, they did, we just released oh, those. Yeah,
0: I, I I was gonna say something about that. Like, those are cool, those are cool. Yeah,
1: Bigfoot and Beyond the Grave with Cliffhanger and Boo <laughs> It's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we're just trying to have fun with it and talking to yep. somebody who comes next. Right now, I don't even think we have somebody scheduled. We got to get somebody on here pretty soon. So,
0: totally. Yeah, it sneaks up on you when you're trying to do a podcast. You're like, Oh, you'll have anyone. And, like, yeah, no, I usually have two to three uh ahead of time, but sometimes it sneaks up, but All right. All right. Um, Man, uh, thanks for coming on. Like This has been really, really fun. Oh, um, my pleasure. Definitely one on the old uh, bucket list for for Bigfoot Society. But yeah. um, I love what you guys are doing. And uh, thank you well, so much for, for coming on.
1: Why don't I give you a little bit more time and uh, we can do some uh, after hours sort of stuff that you wanted to do. Oh, my goodness. But I, but I have to wow, go take a leak first. How's that work?
0: Okay, you go and then movie magic. Get, I'll so edit ready. it out later. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Cliff is going to go and do some uh, some stuff there. But uh, uh, in a few minutes, um, the Patreon will actually get to hear some extra uh, stories from Cliff. So, again, it's been a fun time. We'll uh, Talk to you guys later. Thanks again to Cliff for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm serious when I'm saying that this is probably one of the best Bigfoot Society After Darks. Uh, that happened. Cliff stayed on for 28 minutes, and is a lot of crazy stories. I mean, you've got to really check it out. Uh, I've never heard Cliff tell ghost stories before, and Cliff told some ghost stories that rocked my face off. I mean, that alone is worth the signing up for the Patreon for $5 a month uh, to keep the lights on for uh, Bigfoot Society. But again, if you want to hear 28 more minutes of Cliff, telling some crazy stories uh go ahead check out patreon.com forward slash bigfoot society or Podcast.com. i also want to take a few minutes to uh thank the supporting members of the bigfoot society patreon uh, we have surfetes uh, josh Sewich from the starfall collective on twitch we have greg Morrill from the Indiana Road Trio, with Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands. You have Tate Hieronymus from the Bluff Creek Project Podcast. Uh, newly on iTunes and other uh, podcast venues. So, check it out. Uh, and if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And uh, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot. Bigfoot.society at Bigfoot.society. Again, Keep on squatch-a-roo, roo squat All do! alright